Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Afro Movie Review, the podcast. Yes. And just like we promised you guys, this is the SAG AFTRA, the WGA SAG AFTRA strike episode. Yes. So this is an informational intermission. <laughs> it is um, episode five. I'm sorry, season five, episode 56. Yep. Yeah. Let's so. Do- Let's get into it. Let's start with a couple of keywords because I figured just in case, you know, people don't know what the, the meanings are, I had to go through and look through some of the things. So some of the words that we're going to be using, um, WGA, which is the Writers Guild of America. And that uh, includes the West and the East because apparently they yes. are separate. <laughs> because they're separate. Um, per their website, the Writers Guild of America, WGA, is, quote, a labor union representing thousands of members who write content for motion pictures television, news, and online media, end quote, and they were founded in 1954. Another thing you should probably, uh, that we're going to be referencing, the Alliance of Motion Picture Producers, or the AMPTP, which is the body of over 350 American TV and film uh, negotiations with unions and the the body of organizations that negotiates with these uh unions in the entertainment industry, but they're contracted with over 350 American TV and film negotiations, including like Sony, Paramount, Walt Disney, Apple, Netflix, Fox, like these are the big companies negotiator when they bring them to the table and be like, I want more money. They're like, um, we're going to send my guy. <laughs> so <Yes. laughs> let, let me talk, let me talk it over with my guy. They said, we're um, going but so we also have SAG-AFTRA, which is the Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Yes. Um, so this includes actors, announcers, broadcast journalists, dancers, DJs, news writers, news directors, program hosts, puppeteers, recording artists, singers, stunt performers, voiceover artists, and other media professionals. Mm-hmm. For their website, SAG-AFTRA is committed to organizing all work done under their, 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 their under their jurisdictions. They said that they work at negotiating the best wages, working conditions, and health and pension benefits, preserving and expanding members' work opportunities, and vigorously enforcing our contracts, protecting members against unauthorized use of their work. And SAG-AFTRA is one of the unions that the AMPTP negotiates with, along with the Directors Guild of America, the American Federation of Musicians, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees and WGA uh, West and East. So, yes. Um, I also have the term SCABS because it pops up a lot. Um, and this is a general term for people who work on, work for or with struck companies during a strike. So, you'll hear about that in other strike. Um, language any strike if someone crosses the strike line and decides to work whether it be a grocery store or anything else they are a scab um, um looking 
Um, I uh, also have Ficor. I don't like that. Ficor. Um, so I figured I, that was something that we can um, discuss. But it's pretty much Ficor is a is means financial core. So it's the official term for a person who is a non-union member of one of the unions. Um, and so they actors specifically who are in financial core um, are able to pay smaller dues. They can work on union or non-union projects. They can continue working during strikes. And we can talk about who some of those people are and the differences between them um, and what they would want to do if they want to get back into the union. The only other one I have is hyphenates, which are writers who also serve in other roles. Okay. The last one I have is BFX because they recently joined the strike and oh. that is the visual effects uh, crew and team. Yeah. They are the uh, people who combine art with computer generated uh, sequences for live action footages for things that cannot be filmed in real life. So they do the things like artistic skills, alien landscaping, huge crowds, fire breathing dragons, uh, those types of things. So also very important to the industry. Yeah. So, so let's get into it. How did this all come about? Because I know this has been the topic for the longest time. So AMPTP uh, had, like I said, they negotiate with unions, WGA being one of them, and it was their turn to negotiate. And they kept having like lengthy negotiations with them, but they never met, met a agreement. And it was particular between, particularly between Amazon Studios, Apple Studios, Netflix, NBC Universal, Lionsgate, Paramount Global, Walt Disney, and Warner Bros. Uh, April 18th of this year, 97.85% of the members of the Writers Guild of America voted to strike if they couldn't have a satisfactory agreement by May 1st. So by May 2nd, over 11,000 members went on strike without a satisfy because of a, no satisfactory agreement. Now, the main issues of the strike is that residuals from streaming, the WGA claims that AMPTP cuts off the residuals and they have been reduced from the average income compared to 10 years ago and it's unsustainable. They said that using artificial AI to replace writers should not be the way to do. You can use AI and ChatGPT in order to help facilitate, facilitate and uh, research script ideas, but to replace them altogether is nonsensical. Um, and then mm -hmm. they also had something called the minimum basic agreement. So from May 2020, there was an agreement that established a minimum wage for TV and film writers, but it only applied to those who wrote for broadcast TV, but not for streaming TV. So the writers of streaming TV has to individually go to negotiate with the streaming companies, their pay, and they're typically paid less. And that MBA actually expired May 1st, 2023. They also have mandatory staffing and duration of employment that they wanted to require all shows to be staffed with a minimum number of writers for a minimum num amount of time, whether it's needed or not. They wanted a uh, pension and health care for all their members of a writing team and AMPT AMPTP rejected this with no counter proposal. They had an agreement to have 0.5% of negotiated minimums for all WGA shifted into pensions and health funds. And they said with their established proposal, they can yield $429 million a year. And AMTP said no to it because they were like, oh, that's only like $86 million 
in our books. So uh, it's not worth it. Yeah. So Sag has been on strike since May. And since July 14th of 2023, uh, WGA joined the strike. Um, since April, they said that they have an overwhelming 98% of the members of WGA that voted to authorize the leadership of the union in this strike, and 97.91%, so damn near 98% of the members from the SAG AFTRA decided to authorize um, a union of a strike as well. Um, so with that, it is over 160,000 members who are withholding their labor from um, Hollywood, and this includes over 11,000 TV and film writers across the country. Um, like you said, there's a lot that they're trying to get, and this strike has been one of the largest interruptions to American film and television production since COVID-19, like the, uh, the first, you know, shutdown of the pandemic. And during mm -hmm. that time, we saw a lot of fuck shit happening, like general hospitals started using dolls and, you know, there were just a lot of refusal to shut down. Um, but this is not the first strike that's happened. There was a strike that happened in 1988 that lasted 153 days. And the WGA striked in 2007, 2008, which it was a hundred day strike. And it cost, it cost the California economy roughly $2 billion. So they do realize that there's an impact that can be made with them striking. They know that they can get certain things, but like you said, these conditions are not being, are not being met. Um, the Instagram agreement has um, an 11% raise for the minimum pay for actors, a 23% raise for stunt performers, increased contributions to health and pension form funds, demands for uh, revenue sharing and guidelines around, like you said, AI. Um, but it is not, has not been satisfactory. Um, one group that was able to come to an agreement is the Directors Guild of America, DGA, which is also somebody that I didn't know about. They represent directors, you know, duh, but they reached an agreement in June. And so that has been an issue because they're trying to figure out why they were able to reach an agreement with them and not with the other parts of the industry. Um, the director for the movie Haunted Mansion um, was wrongfully accused of scabbing on social media because he was seen at the movie's Disneyland premiere and he was working on, um, he was continuing working as a member of the, of the DGA, but the union is not currently on strike because they did meet some type of agreement. So there is some controversy which, with why certain parts of the industry are able to get their, their demands met. And why, parts aren't. Yes, and why some of these bigger industries are deciding to not allow for people to get their needs met, specifically with people like Netflix. Netflix is limiting, they have the power right now, and this is actually from um, a Twitter um, Twitter post that I saw, and it says that Netflix is limiting theaters um, to a certain amount of weeks so that the film can only play in theaters enough to qualify for the Oscars, but slightly less than what contractually they would have been uh, required to do by theatrical release under the union rules. And this gives them the ability to avoid paying actors and writers the higher theater residual rates. So it's things oh, like that. Cool. Yes, things like that. Um, shout out to at Van the Brand because that's where I got that from. I um, was very interested in understanding like how does this work and what is the problem and why is Netflix somebody who we understood that, you know, we posted before about Matt Damon saying that before you could count on all of the streaming services, if you didn't get it in the theater, you could get it when it released in Blockbuster, you could get it when it released on TV, and then it came to people's homes. They're mm -hmm. going straight from 
the theater to home. So all of that revenue has gotten wiped out. And if you're paying so much money, we always talk about the, the budget for these films. If yeah. all of this money is going to studio heads and not to the people, then absolutely there's a problem. Just, you have to pay your writers. You have to pay your actors. And yeah. what they have started to do with the writers, to my understanding, is that they will have writers in like little uh, writing rooms and they will keep them for like a season or two and mm -hmm. they would not have to pay them what they were worth. So, so you would have writers who are on very popular shows that are getting pennies on the dollar for how how the show is being streamed or how much revenue the heads are getting because they have taken it to streaming and the, the department heads and the streaming services have come to an agreement that didn't include the foundational workers of the show. There's huh. one company, I can't even remember which one it is. I want to say Disney. Don't quote me on that. Allegedly. Disney. Allegedly. Um, that they only get uh, residuals or like full-time work after a third show. So what they'll do is... Uh, after a third season is renewed. So what they'll do is after the second season, they'll completely change the name of the show mm. in order. So it starts the clock again. So you have to start over from the first season again. So that's again, what you have. Evil. The, right? Like this is why folks cannot sustain and don't be a scab. <laughs> I don't know how to phrase that. Uh, don't be a scab. I was just going um, so and it has been sticky it's been sticky we, because they each have rules so like the yes. writer said you cannot do any writing revising pitching or discussing future projects with companies from amptp and if you do not mm -hmm. abide you will be expelled and you will have fines and you will be censured but that includes fiction podcast and literary reps stop your work stop your negotiations certain projects are under WGA jurisdiction and certain projects are under the animation guild. I remember at the beginning of this, they were like, oh, is the animation guild going to join them? But they had to sit there and be like, oh, okay, can we actually strike at the same time? Can mm -hmm. we, am I also included in this? Um, they also said, if you are a writer, do not attempt to negotiate a settlement of the strike with any struck company. And for those hyphenists who are writers and something else, you can do your something else, just stop writing and yeah. non-members don't necessarily have to follow these rules it's just that if and when you do try to apply for wga you will get banned from future membership yes. like it's not it's and not so in literally like you said they they have all of these rules and they're saying that if you disregard the rules they're going to to refuse you admission into sad which means that you wouldn't get certain awards and things right and that's where that comes into play because Sag, a Sag actor are the only ones that can get awards and award shows. You yes. have to be a member of that in order to be voted upon in that group. Okay. So they said discipline actors or discipline uh, actions for union actors could include censure, reprimand, a fine, suspension from the union or expulsion. This could really affect your 
your career. And so the WGA has a website, WGA.org, and they actually have a strike list, a list of whole companies that they are saying are unfair. And you named a good amount of them. But it's interesting because recently um, Selena Gomez, I believe it was, came out and they were calling her a scab because, or saying that she broke the rule. Not calling her a scab, but Selena Gomez um, posted on Instagram and tagged her show Only Murders in the Building and then she deleted it because she realized that it goes against SAG after strike rules. The specific rule, like you said, is that it prohibits members from promoting their work on social media as long as the strike is, per- is persisting. Now, Selena Gomez is a person who has, she is an actor. Yeah, I think she started on Disney or or Nickelodeon or whatever. But Mm -hmm. she has other streams of income because she is also a singer. Maybe for her, this isn't as serious of a thing. Maybe she didn't expect to be nominated for an award because of this show. But she went, she understood the mistake and deleted it. It just so happened. Social media is fast. You know, people catch it. Look, a screenshot and it's there forever. It's forever. So you have some other people who who have been labeled as scabs, some people who have been confused as scabs or whatever. Um, Stephen Amell from CW's Arrow made a comment during GalaxyCon in Raleigh, <laughs> North Carolina. And this oh, motherfucker sorry. tried to say, oh, I wish that that would have been private. You did it at a conference with mics and cameras. And, like, you know. And he, so like, the- a few weeks later was on the picket line. And then was on the picket Look, line, boy. You I, ain't slick. I saw that. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> because the statement that he made was, quote, I think it is a reductive negotiating tactic and I find the entire thing incredibly frustrating. And I think that the I think the thinking as it pertains to shows like the show that I'm on, which he's currently on heels that premiered like last night, I think it's myopic. Well, here's the thing. I hope Heels fails because you are only on Arrow and you're only like a body in a, in a slightly pretty face. And there's too many of those for you to be running around acting like you got something to say. And then he turned around and back on the list. So, you know, um, and there's some other people that we can kind of say are scabs. They have, like I said, an entire list. General Hospital has been using scab writers as of the 25th of July, 2023. Um, there's a writer by the name of Tony Gilroy who is writing for a show called Andor. And he stepped down from the show in May after being labeled a scab. Um, as of May, Jeopardy champion Ken Jennings, and y'all know how I feel about Jeopardy. If you don't know that I love Alex Trebek real tough, took the day off and cried when he died. Like that's my man. And I don't fuck with Ken Jennings. He was annoying when he was a contestant. He's like the most wingest guy on there, but now he is a scab. He has decided to cross the picket <laughs> lines. He's, he's hosting Jeopardy after Mayim um, Bialik, who was the host before she refused to continue while it was a strike, because even though you don't think about it, Jeopardy has to write these questions. They're not getting paid either. Um, There was an internet comedian by the name, or he's not like past or anything, but internet comedian Colin Everett initially said he didn't give a fuck about being labeled a scab, and he said he would work anyways if they took him. And then he deleted the video and did a follow-up video and was like, I am so sorry. Because if you have any intentions on being treated as serious in this industry, treat the strike seriously. And so... Why would you go against people trying to make better working conditions, not only for you, but for future people trying to for enter the industry? That doesn't make any sense. That's Something wild. I found interesting was uh, AMPT's response to the strike, which uh, I found on Wikipedia. It said that they did not plan to return to negotiations with WGA until late October, and that is the earliest 
They quote, hope that the actors will be so financially strained that they will have a better position of any new deal. Having absolutely. So that is who we are dealing with. Unfortunately, personally, I think everyone should strike. I think everyone deserves livable wages and Mm -hmm. I think everyone should get what they are worth. I don't think people should be able to hoard uh, finances just because you can put that you are CEO of a company. You don't really do anything besides. Absolutely. Just be the, just being the head. Right. And And literally one of the studio executives who decided to remain anonymous made the quote that the end game was to allow things to drag on until the union members start losing their apartments, losing their homes and losing everything that they have. And they come back to the conditions that we offer. Now, they luckily, are, for writers, uh, you can't apply to the Entertainment Community Fund, and they provide housing, they provide senior care, and they help you maintain your health care. There's also, a, I can't remember the actual name, there was a food bank that was giving uh, free food to uh, writers that were uh, striking. Um, mm-hmm. But there are resources out there. You do not there have are. to accept these conditions that these companies want to thrust on you. Remember, it's a social yeah. contract. They're breaking the rules. The unwritten yes. rules. The unsaid, the unwritten rules. And the Entertainment Community Fund has been helping for a while. They said on average, not during the height of COVID, but on average, they were giving about $50,000 to $75,000 a week in emergency financial assistance to people in the industry. Um, in July, they said they were averaging about $50,000 a week, and that has recently shot up to about uh, $700,000 a week in funds that they are giving to people who are sag after members. Um, we saw that there was $1.7 million that was pledged to the entertainment community funds that would aid writers in the industry. Um, there have been donations from J.J. Abrams, uh, Greg Berlanti, Adam McKay, Ryan Murphy, Shonda Rhimes, Mike Schur, John Welts. We have uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who made a huge uh, donation. Tom Cruise sat in on some of the early negotiations, but we haven't heard much about him since. Um, George Clooney and his wife, Amal Clooney, donated at least a million dollars. So there are people who are donating who are, and this is where the term um, fee core comes in, because there are people who are part of the sag after after you know membership or whatever who are not a part of the union which means that they are able to work and really what that is is that you have people who do not rely on um the industry to provide for them certain medical care things like that they are making it on their own some of the people that you can you know probably name from here most notably for me was tyler perry um tyler perry is a the core member and he decided that he would not want he didn't want to pay for all of the membership because he when he had he said when he had writers in the room it took him longer his his shows didn't do that well so he felt like he he left in 2008 he left the wj in 2008 and he started writing scripts fully by himself which has been a joke in the black community for a while we know that tyler perry is in the writing room by himself but mm-hmm. he is able to continue to do things because he works for himself and pays the minimum union dues. So this is, again, one of those things where you can be a fee core member, but if you wanted to, you would have to pay re- reestablishment fees to reinstate yourself. Um, and they would have to vote on whether or not they felt like you were able to come back. Currently, there are about 3,000 fee core members um, 
George Lucas, George Clooney, and Sylvester Stallone are some of the other more, more famous ones that are on there. These are people that have kind of made their way and they don't necessarily need the protection that the union would give them. They are able to negotiate big deals for themselves. And so, you know, makes sense. The rest of the people who are in the SAG after the WGA, uh, VFX, all of these parts, there are some major names of people that you would think that, you know, this wouldn't affect them at all. They, they could go without, they could do without. But if you think about how, how much they are limited in what they can't do, mm-hmm. this is literally from the website where the, the striking websites say, this is what you can do. Mm-hmm. TV commercials soap operas, variety shows, talk shows, game shows, music videos, corporate and educational or non-broadcast formerly called industrial programs. So those training videos that you get when you go to Home Depot or whatever, do one of them. Uh, Station contracts or broadcast news, sound recordings, radio commercials, digital media commercials, TV and new media animation, because you remember the animators were trying to figure out if they could strike, dubbing, audiobooks or stage acting. And it's interesting because the Broadway performers are still able to work because they are not considered in this. This is a completely separate thing for them. So there are some people, high profile members who are still able to work or are looking like they're crossing picket lines. But you have SAG members like Leah Michelle, Josh Groban or Ben Platt who are working on Broadway productions and are able to cross them because they fall under the Actors Equity Association and not SAG. They're SAG mm. members, but strike rules don't apply to them. Very sticky. Yeah. Very sticky. Um, so yeah, so we have a couple of people, like I said, the people who are in the industry, I'm just going to name off some of the people that we have seen striking. Big names that we would think, oh, like, uh, what? Um, Ariana DeBose from Hamilton. Jack Black, Susan Sarandon, Florence Pugh, Elliot Page, Gina Torres, Sarah Bariales, Richard Gere. Richard Gere does not need this money. He doesn't need to strike, but he understands what they're striking for. He's going to support. Busy Phillips, uh, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Lance Bass, Amber Ruffin, Francesca Ramsey has been an excellent resource for me via Twitter when it comes to the writer's side. Yes. Excellent. That resource. is where I get most of my information from. Mm-hmm. That and Wikipedia. So uh, because she has been breaking it down on Twitter, on TikTok, her social media is a wealth of information right now. Um, Phoebe Robinson Zwe, who is a self-made, you know, the, some of these people you they would think were well, her show, it? didn't they? Baby, so much has happened because of what, and I don't want to say it's because of the strike, but if things are happening in the background where you can't negotiate for yourself. And then you have to say, I won't take that. And your shit is canceled. What do you do? Um, Mariska Hardigay, Tony Goldwyn, who is Fitz from Scandal. Him mm-hmm. being out there is wild to me because, and we have, we have a, a, a series that we're going to do that's all about Nepo babies. But Tony Goldwyn is a Nepo baby. He is the MGM Goldwyn of Metro Goldwyn Mayor. Does he need to be there? No, but he's striking because he understands. Vanessa Williams, Titus Burgess, Daniel Radcliffe of goddamn Harry Potter. Because we stand by him. Because we stand by him, but fuck that writer, right? Um, Golda Rochevelle, who was Queen Charlotte, the Bridgerton story. 
uh, Tony, Tori Kittles, Daniel Day Kim, Lapita Nyong'o, Ros- Rosario Dawson, David Boreanaz, Mandy Moore, Yvette Nicole Brown, Fred Armisen. We have people on, on the uh, strike lines, on the front lines, making sure that they know what's going on. And even beyond that, we have some, uh, some people who are in air conditioned offices for, you know, fighting with them too. The, the Sag after president is currently Fran Drescher, the nanny. Uh, Duncan Crabtree Ireland is the union's national executive director. They've been working really hard. Um, you have people who are actively working toward, they just decided not to go on set anymore. If Maya Rudolph figured out about the set, I mean, figured out about strikes that was, they were ready to record. She refused to go on for loot. Um, mm-hmm. So production has been paused because she refuses to go on. Uh, we have Hollywood execs. They say Netflix co-CEO Ted Sarandos and Warner Brothers Discovery CEO Dave David Zaslav. I don't know. They've publicly voiced their respect for the actors and the writers' right to strike, but I don't think that that means actual support. I think that that is underhand shade mm-hmm. because Netflix is on the list, the list of struck of, right. and unfair companies. Like, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? Mm. And I don't think people understand the implications that this is happening after COVID-19. The way Mm -hmm. the world paused after we had so many things that were postponed, so many productions that were either put on pause because of the virus themselves or they were postponed or there were so many uh, precautions that you had to put in place. And like, not to mention even the actors and actresses, but like live TV shows, you had to have like the live audiences that was put on hold for some people. And so now when they're trying to pretend like this whole thing is over and done with, um, they're trying to force these actors and actresses, mind you, these, these companies made record numbers during the pandemic because people were forced to be at home. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, the customers, the people at home, they're tired of this very mundane, same stuff that's being turned out. And not only that, they're being hit by COVID. They have to decide which of these streaming services they're going to keep, which ones they're going to give away. And Because just as much as COVID hit us, it hit the actors too. And so while they had to sit down and their things were put on pause, they had bills that were still coming and they didn't qualify for a lot of the helps that they did. Not that these rich people you know, whatever, like I'm not doing, I'm not going to go into that. But what I'm saying is that they also had to recoup from what they lost. And here comes this industry trying to make them work for pennies. Um, Literally WGA's proposal is asking for a 0.18% of the studio's annual revenue. And I have, this is from um, discussing films again on Twitter. I really appreciate social media when it gives you the right things. If 0.18% came from Disney uh, their annual cost would be $72 million because they make $82.7 billion a year. Netflix makes $31.6 billion. They would give $65 million. Warner Brothers, $43.1 billion would give $45 million. Uh, Paramount Global, $43 million. They are making $32 billion a year. This is not even 1% of these people's, of these businesses' revenue. NBC Universal makes one point, I'm sorry, $121.4 billion. They would give $33 million to these, to the, the fund, Amazon, $514 billion a year, $31 million. They would have to give 0.006 of their revenue. Sony, $88.8 billion, $24 million. They put that would be the annual cost for them. Apple, 
$394.3 billion, $17 million would be the annual cost of, of the proposal that they are asking for. This, this is huge money that they're making and they're refusing to give any leeway. So when you're not worth 1.8%, and that is so upsetting because and not even one point eight point point eighteen percent, and this is collected from all of the groups. But you see, what it's this is very much wild. Point eighteen percent. That is when they said measly, they meant it. They meant it. That's Um, just (laughs) that's crazy. How dare you? How I'm not even less than one percent. Less than one percent. I'm not worth less than. 20%, point 20%. Man, man. Like, what? And that's for the what? for the entertainment and joy that they provide and them being the backbone of the industry. I'm very proud of, of um, VFX's, like I said, the, the acronym and whatever, but the visual effects team joining. There mm-hmm. is no, there are a lot of these movies right now, everything is, is CGI. We have no movies without them. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because, again, we've mentioned what they can do as far as what type of work they can do. But per the websites, they're like, well, if you're striking in the industry, what can you do? They said, join the picket lines, perform an yeah. indie project, update your, your materials. They said, quote, if you hope to join SAG in the future, be, care- be extra careful that you don't accidentally promote work from a struck company when you're updating your material. That means that you should cut any clips from studio films, including your background work from your sizzle reel until the strike is over. You could be labeled a scab if you post it. This is sticky, right? They said work on landing a new agent or a new manager. Make your own content. Do self-produced short films. Do scripted podcasts. Do social media skits. This is difficult for people. Like, even in Living Color, they asked Damon Wayans why he didn't come back within Living Color. And he said, social media makes it so difficult to have original content. By the time you do it and produce it on a show, somebody's already done it on social media. (laughs) And they've gotten millions of views. So it's hard. So they're telling people who are used to having things written for them, things that are given to them in hand, telling them to produce it on their own in the meantime to keep themselves fresh. What? Mm. It's but very difficult times right now. Yeah. And I, when was our, the last strike that I was alive for? 2007, 2008? Um, I... Honestly, I have no reference of that except when everyone tries to tell me about Lost, and I really want to get into it. it. I really want to get into it because they're like, "Oh, it gets so good," except you know, it gets in the middle, it gets really weird, and that was when the others' writer strike was because they knew that they they, they weren't paying it their writers, bad. but they had to, they had to keep it going. But some of these shows that have come out from Zeus Net. Like I'm, I'm said Zeus because subconsciously that's what I wanted to throw out. But some of the shows and networks that have been produced and have come about in, um, because of the wake of the pandemic, I think is the result of people leaving me. Like I can do it myself. As much as Zeus is like the home of hood baby stuff, I really feel like to an extent maybe its creation is because they were like, bro, watch this, and decided to do it on their own and struck out. Um unscripted scripted whatever right it's just been a lot it's been a lot for these people to have to go through and I I completely want to be able to support them because this is what we do I needed to understand what this meant for us how does it affect us are we able to watch older movies do what happened 
I didn't understand. So I thought that this would be an important, you know, an an important informational episode because I was having a hard time knowing how to move in this. Um, And how can we, because we would hate to be, I I don't want to encroach on anyone's right to earn a living. Like, uh, I don't. So not at all. To have these uh, companies laid out and because I need to know who who we don't need to be talking about, who we don't need to be mentioning, um, and we need to be able to move things around in our schedule if need be until they get a satisfactory agreement and get that 0.18, which I think 0.5, but 0.18. That's all they're asking for. Look, that's all they're asking for. And my thing is if you support them when it's your turn to strike, because I know that there's been other industries that's been striking that a lot of people are probably not as happy about. I know that the healthcare, excuse me, the healthcare system is striking. Uh, UPS FedEx is striking. And you the, guys are like, oh. uh, the flight attendants, there's multiple industries striking. They're like, why do you They're think like, y'all deserve? Why do you think you deserve? Because why do you think you don't deserve in your industry? And why do you think question. that you don't deserve what they getting in your industry? And why does we somebody else win. getting a raise make you feel challenged? Why don't you think that you deserve? It's wild. We can all and win. We can. And and like I have a quote from somebody by the name of Zach Aaron. He's from the IATSE, which is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Um, he decided he would do non camera he he does non union camera work. Mm-hmm. So he's able to work still, right? But he also said that as a union electrician that because he has a skill like electrician, he's able to just get a job. But he's like, I know people who are scared, people who have just gone completely outside of the film industry. So this kind of leads me to, you remember a couple years ago, and it might've been during the pandemic when the guy from the Cosby show was working at Whole Foods or Trader Joe's or whatever, people recorded him and they embarrassed him about it, right? The reality is, is that these are still people who need to work and eat. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, where is he now? Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think somebody saw him in the grocery store. And they that ended up uh, giving him work. But it's just that, can you imagine? Like, and not the blessing of your bills. And your, your show is on every night on reruns. The Cosby show still runs every night. Those residuals aren't paying. Those you see what I'm saying? And, that and the is- blessing of of that going viral and him being picked up by, of all people, he got employed, I think, by Tyler Perry, who was able to still keep him employed, you know? Um, I have a quote from a woman by the name of Courtney Hart, who is a celebrity makeup artist, and she said that they are supportive, that the makeup artists in the industry are supportive of the strike, but they're apprehensive about what comes next because makeup artists are not unionized. They don't even have a group. So they said, we don't have protections in place from the studios that decide to cut our rates. So if they give them what they want, will they take it on out on us in the back end? Yeah. Hadn't even thought about that. I think if your industry does not have a union, now is the time more than anything to and talk to the people in your industry, see what the problem is and go ahead and unionize. Your companies cannot run without you you are the labor and the workforce behind it. Yeah. Get what you are worth. Yeah. But these companies. And, and even, jobs aren't union. And that annoys the say, fuck out of me. It annoys the shit out of me. 
because our I'm just like, does not, and there's no protection for us. There's nothing that's in place for us to say, like, hey, write it in your contract, write it in your contract. Put it if in your terms and conditions. Standard, then I don't have to do that. If we have a standard that, oh, you have to follow this. This is my union rep. This is what my minimum is. This is, it requires healthcare. It yes. requires all of this. I don't have to do that. You're doing Or so if you were in a union, if you were in a union, do you have protections like the fact that the WGA is saying, hey, y'all, did you know that you, if you had a baby recently, that you can collect paid parental leave while on strike? Oh, wow. There are certain benefits, things that WGA.org said, come and get it, baby. We have been here. You're paying money for a reason. You pay into this for certain protections. So there are things that are absolutely worth supporting in this. I get why they're fighting. I get um, and want to be able to see them win. Honestly, it's not even just that. It's not that they're asking for that much. And when you think about the fact that they're like, we just want to be able to feed our families and have health care and to guarantee that if I work on a show, if I've been writing on a show for three months, that you guys aren't going to can it six weeks in and I don't get any money from that because, you know, that's wild. That's or if wild. I've worked on a show for like umpteenth years, I get a residual that can help me sustain because I spend as much time on the show as I get away from my family for. doing like, all of this. You know what on. I mean? So Ooh. it's like, and there's so many limits, like literally. But we have been seeing the effects of this. As of May, they said that the permit office for the city of Los Angeles to re- that takes the request to, for filming in the city has been down by 51%. <laughs> I don't know if that means that they have filmed other places. Like you said, there are East and West. There are British associations. There's things like that. People have been sneaky and they just moved where they are recording. I just... But you can still be labeled a scab, so consequences can still come. Yeah, I just support each other. Community, mutual aid. That everybody is everybody strike. Everybody go on strike. Like at this moment, right now. Right Talk now. Right now. And okay, I just, okay. Mm. For, if you're going to strike, though, because I I know there's been. I'm on TikTok and there's been a lot of, oh, we're going to do a general strike. We're September 1st. And babes, 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 you have to plan. You have to talk to people. You have to make sure people don't go homeless. You have to make sure people don't lose their homes, lose their food, lose their kids. Like you have to plan these things. How are people going to be able to sustain? You can't just be like, oh, we're going on general strike. And just have nothing to help sustain. You have nothing in place to support. How am I when, supposed to trust you? Exactly. And when the industry that you're striking against decides to strike back by taking away from you, do you have anything to support the people who now, not only did they put their necks out there, but are getting real life consequences? So I think that when you say something, you know, when it's out there, like everybody should just not pay rent. Baby, I'm absolutely down to keep my money in my account. The problem right. is when they come and try to evict me, are you going to stop the shares from coming to my door? Like, no, how... then I'm going to pay this fucking rent. I need a place to live. Like, like that's my sound good. It's, it's very, you can't just on a whim and like be idealistic about this. This is strategic. These are planned movements. Okay. These are, and you can look at the history of like organized movement, but like even the, the boycott, uh, the Montgomery boycott 
uh, they that lasted for as long as it did because they had the resources available in order to support the community. Yeah. So you can't. Just... And they also had the they had the grit to be like, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, when they said that they were going to boycott buses or do whatever, people were like, oh, I'm not doing that. There's we have people who just aren't going to because of convenience, because of ease, because they cannot see themselves going without. And that's where some of the support comes in other ways. You're able to to join picket lines or just not watch the shows, not watch so much of the streaming or whatever. Start watching things. I didn't see YouTube on this list. Start watching some of the, the smaller shows or go to something like Zeus or, you know, because there are, and they also have smaller independent companies like A24 that are able to meet the negotiations for their people. So there are still programs that you can watch. There's still movies that you can still enjoy and things like that. But right now may not be the time. Like there was a question on why um, they were able to promote for Barbie, like why America Ferreira specifically, she was fucking people up. She was actively on the, the carpet for Barbie. She Mm -hmm. was promoting she was doing her thing. She was smiling big and doing all of that. And as soon as promotions time for that stopped, her, her little PR tour stopped, she was on the front lines. And people were like, how is this working? Because she was able to do it because it was part of a requirement. I'm trying to see if I have it in my note because I do I remember that. Yes, because she was able to. And they were like, this is sticky. But she she is not playing. When she comes out and speaks about this, she is, you know, she's doing what she has to do. Hold on. Let me do a keyword search for Barbie and stop playing. Okay. So they said that uh, there's a duality in the strikes because there's been an absence of actors and writing participating in promotion, for instance, like Barbie and Oppenheimer. But that's because the union rules prohibit members from campaigning on behalf of their new projects. America Ferreira was able to do both. And it was because of um, the timing of something. Like her, uh, the Aussie chick, the guy who played Ken, all of them because of timing were contractually bound to do it and did it. But as soon as they finished the contractual requirement, America hit the front line. So, you know, yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. And I don't think it was that they don't want us to stop streaming because that's where they, they want to be able to be like, okay, you see these views you see how we know much we're you, working. You see, we we actually are bringing people in to watch these things, but they are wanting us to support them in ways to like not support struck companies with yeah. their worst projects. So maybe, I mean, what they're, we're gonna do? I'm like, well, we <laughs> you have to individually figure out how you are going to support in this strike. What we are probably gonna do is we're probably not going to touch these studios yeah in a minute so yeah and we had just spoke about wanting to do um emphasis not on like a whole season that wasn't about the director but about the studio because that was a time right yeah you're struck right now so we'll wait it's not that important y'all are not that big y'all not to us and we can we have like we said we have seasons on deck and we can just move things around we don't mind because we think that people should be able to live. We do. So like just... this is this was really for everybody, the 160,000 plus the 11,000, all of y'all that are out there striking as people who 
appreciate this industry. We are movie buffs. We are TV buffs. We are music buffs. We love all part. We listen to podcasts. We listen to audiobooks. We yes. listen to reenactments. We listen to, we are a fan of the industry. So we wanted to make sure that we understood what the strike was about. Try to give you guys as much information as we could in the best way that we can give you resources, let you know if you are striking out there, that there are resources for you. We are still looking to maybe talk to a striking person. If you're interested, let us know. Hit us up. C-O-A-M-R-P-O-D at gmail.com. And anything else? Um, everybody go on strike. With a plan. With a plan. <laughs> Support yeah. each other. Mutual aid, okay? Mutual aid. Hey, like, listen. There's a book I, by Dean Spade if you... Okay, I got, I and I'm literally, I'm literally following somebody who who formed a strike for her building because of unsafe living conditions, and it started in Chicago, and they have figured out that their owner also has buildings in uh, Canada, so now the Canadian buildings are striking too. Sometimes all you need is a plan and movement. So shout out to and no to indeed. talk to your neighbors, like you can't. I feel like <laughs> because of. It's been a lot of lot isolation because of COVID, and then also a, mm-hmm. a lot of nihilism because of everything, climate change, all of that. But like, babes, we are not supposed to, and not meant to survive alone. This is, and we're not supposed to suffer <laughs> like this. We're not supposed to. You're so, letting capitalism win. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> rise like, up against the system. Like, come on. But yeah, so, like, that's all we have for this episode thank you guys for tuning in um any additional information you guys want to let us know any corrections any comments questions concerns send them our way yeah episode but we season, we support y'all season we do five. season five episode 56 we love you out Audi. bye tiny hearts tiny hearts <laughs>